0: Welcome to episode 92 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy?
1: Today's a good day, man. That's good. I think so. I, think it is. I haven't I? Haven't gotten through enough of it yet to find out. but I think every day.
0: I got my first cup of coffee
1: down, so... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, we were talking before the podcast and I pounded a cup down, so... I should have refilled. Should have yeah, refilled. I should have gone... Refill before we started
0: here, but that's all right. Uh, We do need to keep this a little bit on the shorter side today. I've got, I'm so I'm trying to take off. Well, I am taking off Thursday and Friday. I'm also trying to take off all next week for the first time in my Neomag professional history. I've never taken the week of Christmas and New Year's off. And I'm really trying to do that this year. So I've got like two days left basically
1: to get stuff prepped and ready for that for that time off yeah i've man i don't know if i've ever taken that whole week off and just thinking about you know putting myself in your shoes right now and being like okay i'm taking off all next week it stresses me out <laughs> to be honest just <laughs> it, just it thinking is. about it i have this anxiety issue coming up where it's like i don't think i could actually do that i i don't know yeah i, I don't know yeah. I think that's like one of my biggest problems is I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's very difficult, even on a weekend for me to kind of turn off from business and just focus on other stuff. So more power to you, man.
0: <laughs> no, I am hundred percent with you there. And it's, yeah, like I've, I've come to realize that, that, the uh, I think I might've said this before, but like, I don't really have too many hobbies anymore. And I've come to realize that this, like this business and what we do here, like this is my hobby. This is something that I truly enjoy doing. Uh, But we've worked so hard this year. This year has just been, has been crazy. And my family deserves my, all my attention for a week. So, i'm I'm trying to put my family ahead of of even kind of part what i want i mean i want to get like i'm not saying that i don't wanna be at home with my family i do that's why i'm doing this but um but yeah they deserve a week of my time at the end of the year here so i'm I'm trying real hard to get things right. and honestly weve we've we built a team here that that can handle things and are handling things. So um, I'm not going to be like a hundred percent off of work. You know, I'm still the one that does that, that does social media posting and stuff like that. So um, you know, that that stuff can't really stop. So it's, it's just going to look like I'm not really going to be coming into the office for a week. I'll still be doing, I'll still have my finger on the pulse and still have my camera in my hand and and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah, that'll be a good week. I think uh, it'll be hard. Like I said, for me, it's just. I, I think the way you put it, the fact that it's kind of your hobby, it, it kind of describes where I'm at. I just, you, I sit here. So, like at five o'clock comes or whatever, four thirty, wh- whatever the end of my day is, comes around, and I sit here in my office. And I'm like, man, I don't really like. I want to go home. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't take this as I don't want to be with my family, but it's like, man, I could just be doing so much more. There's so many other things I could check off my list. And lately my days have just been sliding away. Just, you know, I don't think we're going to dive into it, but just like you were describing for the podcast, it's just, I don't know, crazy drama, crazy, it's just stuff coming up, things going not quite the way that we wanted. Um, feels like that's every single week at this point. But yeah, I, I kind of figured, you know, we're kind of closing out the year here. We're going to keep it kind of short today. Is there anything specific that uh, you wanted to go over from your year or anything you have to say for kind of, cause I, I think because you're taking off next week, I don't think we're going to be releasing a podcast next week. I think it's kind of our game plan.
0: Probably not. If we can, that'd be great. Um, I I don't want to promise it on my end at this point. And I would I would actually like to come back. Um, so I think we should kind of plan next week let's work on um on the podcast for Jane for the first week of January. So we did this last year and I thought this was pretty cool. We did like our top top 5 moments from the year and also our bottom 5 like our worst 5 moments uh, and this year should give us plenty of material on both on both ends of that I think so uh, we should try to do that for the, for the first week of January but um I know that you know, so we didn't get a podcast in last week what was going on on your end uh, on, on both ends we just we were we just couldn't get a podcast in last week so what was going on
1: on your end well you texted me and I said give me a couple minutes and I think that was on a Tuesday or Wednesday and I woke up and it was Saturday so essentially we got some really big opportunities that and this is how this happens it's it's one of the biggest frustrations that i've experienced we'll get these big government contract opportunities and they'll give me 3 days literally they'll they'll say you have 1 day to ask questions and then you have the next 3 days to put a number in and all of the opportunities were all hands on deck and it was it was just a mess And I, I think it'll be a good opportunity. It'll start off January really, really strong, but you know, I love and hate those opportunities. I love them because they're massive. And you know, when I look back to 2016, 2017, even 2018, these jobs are like one job for these target systems is like what we did in a month. And so it's again good opportunities extremely stressful and there's times where I'm you know we've added to our team and there's stuff that's offloaded off my lap and then you know I feel like I can get ahead but then there's times like this that come in where I'm still the only one that really does any AutoCAD or any drafting nesting of the CNC so it's just it was a lot it was just a lot so it unfortunately my whole week kind of got the rug pulled out from under me but Like I said, I think in the end it'll be good, but there's sometimes reality checks that remind me that I'm still a small business owner. And that was one of those reality checks. Yeah. Yeah. I've
0: kind of had, so this last week, I'm not going to get into all the details, um, but it's it's been kind of a nightmare situation to be honest. So we, long story short, we owe, we're doing a collaboration we owed a bunch of products uh the product was not done right from one of the companies that, that we use and so we had to <clears throat> scramble and find a way to get this done unfortunately it wasn't done on time but 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 the company was willing to work with us on it so um we just it it was a good test really for us in in some ways and we learned from it, it really, that's my biggest thing. I I don't really get, I don't get mad about stuff like this. I don't, I don't really get upset. I, I get frustrated and I, and I'm, I'm disappointed in, in what happened. But, um, really I look at these moments as learning opportunities and ways that we can, like on our end, what could we have done to prevent this from happening? Um, You know, where did we fail in in the timeline and and either trying to to help get stuff? You know, know, could we have got products out sooner? Could we have followed up more? um, You know, checked in on the status of things more? I, I don't know. Like in the moment, it seemed like we did everything that that we needed to, and we trusted other people to do their their job but um i think a, a, you know we should have done a better job really it's kind of it's kind of what it comes down to it you know the whole uh you know the whole ownership thing if something goes wrong is you know, you know to take ownership of it and, and and learn from it so um yeah so anyway last week we were in the thick of that drama uh, so, so that's why we we're, weren't able to hop on last week. But, you know, my biggest thing that I'll share with people is, is, you know, do what you can to, to eliminate possible issues, but issues are always going to happen. And my biggest, you know my, you know, my biggest lesson from that really for people is, you know, if, if you're listening and you've not really had to deal with, with big failures like that before where you where you know like you have to scramble and find a solution is is just stay calm and step back and look at the situation you know and just kind of assess like okay here's where i need to be we have to find a way to get from where we are to where we need to be and um and thankfully that's where we have great relationships across the board with, uh, with people that we work with. Um, and we had some awesome people willing to step into the fold and, and take on this mess for us and help us get through it. Um, you know, so, you know, know, keeping good relationships with, with, with people and businesses and stuff is going to help out, but, um, you know, you, you know, getting mad and throwing things and yelling and, and stuff it going to is really just going to waste time and waste energy. So uh, you know, staying calm and and being ready to pivot and just find a solution is going to be what's going to get you through those things. Have you had to deal with anything
1: anything like that before? Probably not the same um, same situation as what you have there, but one example that. Still stings, and I think it was twenty seventeen. No, probably twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think it would have been twenty eighteen. Was when one of our material suppliers, essentially, the long story short is they, we're not one hundred percent sure they either outright lied about the material that they sent us, or they made a major mistake and didn't own it, and we ended up you know pulling back a bunch of our products from customers after sending tons of them out um again the you know like the hard part about that situation is we did everything right on our end spec minimums spec to the material specs the only thing that we could have possibly done i guess was audit the supplier but at the same time we had a really good relationship with them Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a fight that we had, um, just working through that. It was a a very big pain in my butt trying to figure out where that material went and who had it. The upside of that is it put in our systems, you know, it created the need for our systems that we have now. And, you know, we built other relationships with other suppliers of our raw materials that, don't screw us over like that. So I, I think probably nothing to the same the same exact circumstances that you experienced, but definitely I've I've been in the position of you know expecting something, having deadlines and not being met, you know, by things outside of your control, for sure. Yeah.
0: And I think oh project management is such an important thing. Um, just managing, <clears throat> you know, managing your suppliers. Be, you know, I've had similar things like that before where I've had, where I was waiting for parts to come in and the parts finally come in, they're late and then they're wrong. And now I'm not only out of stock, but the stuff I had just got in that I've been waiting for, I can't use. I've been in that position a couple of times. That's kind of one of the reasons why we have our own CNC machines. Just um, because I got screwed so many times doing that. So um, just keeping quality control and managing. Uh, yeah. It's managing that stuff. It is, it, it, it takes, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes, and that's something that it's not in front of you. So you have to, like unless it's your job just to keep track of things that, that are going on outside of your business, which just, it's so hard to, to have that mindset. Um, you know, like you need somebody to be checking in on your suppliers and on your finishing and and, and just all those things. If, if you depend on things to be done out of house, um, you can't really just, just, you know, you know just write a purchase order and then just wait for it to come in you know you know there needs to be some work done in between that and that's the hardest thing is is uh is it is you kind of just have to do that like unless it's somebody that you you know you know maybe you've been doing doing the, the same work with for years and years and they understand all the parameters of the of the project but if it's kind of if it's kind of um custom stuff or it's or it's a new or it's a new company that you're working with or something. Um, you definitely need to take time to, to work with them and
1: make sure that they're getting stuff done to, to your spec. That was the one thing I was going to ask you because I kind of remember that there's an episode somewhere back in the podcast where we talked about outsourcing and I'm just curious has your viewpoint on outsourcing changed at all over the, uh, the last couple of years? Cause I mean, you talked about CNC machines, you talked about, um, this situation and other situations in the past. And I'm just curious.
0: No, I, I think if you were to go back to listen and listen to that podcast, which I, I couldn't tell you which number it was, but yeah, was, I had no idea, but that was a really good one. I thought, um, I think, I, I think it's probably the same. Um, there are definitely pros and cons to doing stuff in-house and doing stuff out of house. And I definitely prefer doing things in-house just because then we have control. Um, And I'm kind of constantly trying to find ways to, to do things in-house, but you have to ask yourself what, you know, you know, one, can you do it? You know, can you bear the expense to bring that process in-house and, and And then, are you gonna need the personnel to come in and do it? um you know can you afford that paycheck and as you gonna it's just like there's so many it it's not necessarily an easy decision, especially for a new young company to have the cash flow to oh, to do something like that um, i i I definitely think. I prefer doing stuff in-house, but there are some processes where I'm just like, I'm not like, you know, for the Neomags, the sheet metal bracket, that's really the only part that we don't have any, any part in making. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, for us to do that, I, I have to buy a laser um, or a plasma cutter or a water jet or something. Then I need a break and we do so many of them that we, need, that we basically need like automated break and and, and now I need people to do that just that doesn't make sense for us to do Um, and we found really good people to do it for us so that's something I don't plan on ever touching so I don't know like you you just have to go through all the pros and cons and and figure out um, financially doesn't make sense you know once you're what's your break even on this if it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars to to ramp this up and, and start doing yourself and, and, and plus the on, you know, plus the ongoing costs. Uh, after that, it's uh it be a tough decision, but sometimes it's just a super easy decision too. There's been things that we uh, were actually uh, actually just, we're investing in, and uh, I'm not going to get too much into that right now because we're in like baby phases kind of, but we are investing in in, uh, in automating part of our process here that we've been doing by hand, which is kind of a bittersweet thing. Uh,
1: oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not going to say anything about
0: So we're excited about that and, and just kind of what that could mean for the future. You can,
1: you can still keep the capabilities of the old way so that every once in a while when you need nostalgic (laughs) remembrance, Oh, we're going to keep that stuff. Yeah, for sure. You can do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me that the, uh, I have the, the dream of the entrepreneur. So anywhere that it's feasible to keep things in our control, our whole team wants to, the the difference just with what you're saying is, and there's no emotion to this um, at all. It's just math. It, it's doesn't it make sense. That's it seems so stupid to say it because people might be listening, and be like, oh that's exactly what I need to figure out. Does it doesn't make sense. And you know, for us, there's there's processes for certain products that to buy the machine, it's multi million dollar machines. Okay, so that's going to be very difficult to swallow. You know what I mean? Like at what point do you go out and drop $3 million on a machine when you're producing parts for something that's not necessarily your highest mover? You know, most of those parts are going to be produced by some good relationships that we have. But then there's machines that are way cheaper and they have tons of capabilities and can expand what you do and, and bringing them in house allows you to have complete control over timeline quality everything so for me it's just you know i want to bring in as much as i can and honestly i would love to scale the business to the point where buying that big machine would be worthwhile it's just it it totally depends on what you're building like i mean ultimately like if you're doing something with fabric and you need a sewing machine you probably could at some point sooner than later swallow buying that piece of equipment it all depends what you're doing but yeah, some of this stuff, the just getting the equipment alone is extremely expensive and then you have to have the manpower to run it unless it's you running it.
0: Well, uh, I think you have to ask yourself, am I doing this because I want to save a couple pennies? Like, you know, say you have a good supplier that's doing a great job making this stuff, but you're just trying to squeeze more money out of it or are you doing it because you can't, Find somebody else to do it to the quality that you need it, and I think that's been what's driven us to do. What we do in house are things that we, for the most part, I don't know. Trying to think through it, like I'd say, half the stuff we do in house is because we're having quality issues, and another half of the thing is because it was too expensive to have have done out house. You know, the what we could save by doing it in house more we're saving more doing in-house like even with the cost of of equipment and and time we're able to save money Um, yes yes, we've been able to both those things have driven us doing things in-house but I think so I just have an example so I was talking to a guy um, last summer who owns a business and and he was telling me just his his overhead costs has just got out of control it, and and his time is getting sucked up by stupid things that you know you know he's self that he admitted that that he is all his fault he he put himself in a situation but he bought a professional printer to print stickers um, like they're a gear company and gear is what they do yet. Um, like they were, they're making so many stickers and, and stuff and, and he figured out that he could save like five or 10 cents or something per sticker if they, if they did it in house. So he spent a ton of money on on this professional printer and, and supplies and ink and all that stuff like that. And And then he found himself to be the only one running it. Like he didn't get, he'd be losing money if he hired somebody else, but he figured, Hey, if I do it myself, so he wasn't valuing his time. And, and he was chasing after something to save five or 10 cents per sticker. Like there are plenty of amazing sticker makers out there. You know, that's something that to me is worth paying an extra 50 cents per sticker on if it, you know, if it means me turning into a sticker printer.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, forget that. You know, no, like not, that, that not just doesn't make that any account. sense.
0: And like, and he, you know, he fully admitted just how stupid it all was, but, but he shared like some of his numbers and it's just like his, his overhead was just insane because they had taken on too many tasks to do in-house. Um, and suddenly the money that they were saving was, was actually hurting their company because Because all their time started going into things that are saving nickels instead of working on the, on the company instead of in the company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it it depends on so much too. It's crazy, but yeah, everybody's different and it all depends what you're trying to do, where the company's at, what you're manufacturing, what processes are in place. But I was just curious if, you know, cause I, for me, my journey is ever evolving and the way that I saw things even two years ago versus now in a lot of areas is radically different. Um, some of it's the same, but that's why I was curious where, where you were at because I know you just had a recent, uh, recent run in, but like with my raw material experience, I'm not going to, at least not at this point. I mean, things would have to radically change and I, I don't, Maybe I'm pessimistic, but I just don't see it ever being feasible. But like with our raw material thing, it's not really realistic to just go out and buy a steel mill. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just spend a billion dollars on a steel mill. And now we can definitely have the QC that we need when we could have just paid our attorney, which is what we did for our terms and conditions when we're putting our POs in. And next time that happens, it's, we have something to stand on. We have processes in place. So yeah, it just depends um, I like, I, I have friends that have businesses that are highly profitable and they'll invest money in equipment that, you know, they don't care if it runs every minute of every day, the capabilities there and they literally cash flowed it. It doesn't matter. It didn't affect the business. And they can sell the piece of equipment if they have to, but they have capabilities that they use a couple of times a year. So there's always that too. Some, of the, some people get into that position where, you know, rather than sitting on tons of money in the company at the end of the year, they reinvest it. But again, it all depends on who they are and what they're doing. Um, for us, it's our game plan going into 2021 is just continual refinement of what we've been doing. And I'd love to see in, in 21, and we'll go over this in another future podcast, but for me, I just want to continue seeing us growing. And there's a couple other strategic members on our team that I'd like to add in 21. And we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I, I know what the capabilities are. I just – I get nervous when I look forward to 21. I just don't really know what to expect at this point. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Honestly, that's the biggest thing holding me back at this this moment. Like, You never know the future, but we had such a weird year in 2020 that everything that I thought 2020 would be, <laughs> it wasn't. And so now it's like either 2021 is going to be like gravy and we're going to just like coast through it and it's going to be awesome or it's not and it's going to be weird. And not saying it won't be good for our businesses, but – I just, we're just being very cautious right right now on our team. You know, yeah. we, this out, this whole, you know, bringing things in versus outsourcing, like we're looking at different pieces of equipment, things that can expand our capability, but we're kind of putting brakes on things now in this moment. And it might wait till the middle or end of 21 because I just, I don't know what to expect at this point. I'm going into next. Uh, maybe we should
0: save this stuff for for the next podcast. But
1: just give just, us the the quick overview, and then we'll. we'll I'm expecting
0: I'm expecting 2021 to be a more difficult year than what this year was. Um, I think we had some circumstances happen culturally this year that helped push sales for us. That we are not going to have next year. At least I don't see coming, but I also didn't see a pandemic and mass hysteria and panic. I didn't foresee that coming either. So (laughs) who knows what's going to happen in 2021, but I'm kind of going into it. Just expecting us. If if we want to, if we want to try to match this year, um, we're going to have to work really hard next year. I think, um,
1: and all we, i want we have stuff wanna, in place for that too so see, all i want to see is departments actually spending money on targets again because right. that that got frozen 100% this year we not 100% but if i dude if there was one major frustration it was that it was just crazy this year thankfully you know I, i'll give you this example so i learned some insider information there's a couple of steel target companies that would obviously be our competitor don't don't care about their names it doesn't matter their sales Um, are down 50 to 75% this year versus, and honestly, this is, this is why they do not have a direct line to the consumer, right? They have, they strictly built their business on military law enforcement contracts. And those in this industry for us with steel targets literally froze this year in 2020. So if that's what your business was based on and you were building steel targets, you're hurting. And
0: and we kind of talked about that with, with Phil on the last episode, just in the clothing industry, you have, you know, there's all these companies that depended on, on, uh, on brick and mortar stores for the sales and all those stores got shut down this year. So those companies are, are screwed. I think there's be a lot of companies I think are going to be, are going to be looking at trying to get more
1: direct to consumer yeah, and in this day and age, it's like, it I don't know, it's hard. I mean, it, it requires a lot, but at the same time, it's its kind of very obvious, I think, in my mind, where that trend is going. Because we had this cultural shift where now people are, you know, not even by their own choice, but are being told, stay home, don't go out. Now they're forced to stay home, and that, in a snap of a finger, changes so much culturally Like we already were moving towards online ordering and direct shipments, but this in my mind solidifies that even more. Not saying that it's not worth having, you know, dealers and things like that are wholesale, but I think it's worth having multiple sales avenues so that when one of them shuts down, you're not completely reliant on that. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm most thankful for is the fact that we're so agile as a small company yet. We don't have, I mean, we have overhead, but we don't have a level of overhead that some of these other companies had that were really suffering. And we also had the sales channels. So thankfully this year was really good to us. And I think that if you're a business that stayed open and you're agile and you're reaching people, I would say many people had a good year as well. And I've I've talked to quite a few businesses that this year has been a record year for them. But it all depends. There's a lot of factors that go into that.
0: Yep. Well, I say we, uh, we wrap up here with a quick ice break. What do you say? Sure. Let's do
1: it. All right. Here we go. Ice break. Ice
0: break. All right. Short and sweet. We're going up on Christmas here. The most important... Most important question is
1: what is your favorite Christmas cookie? You're going to hate me. Probably. I don't really eat cookies. All right. And we're done. Everybody. That was <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Forging the journey. We'll catch this you next week. Last,
0: no, this that. No, we're done. Oh, we're actually, actually
1: yeah. I'm never we're, talking to you again. Okay. Um,
0: we are. We're done.
1: <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, I would say, see, this is where it gets weird because I don't know. Like my family is all very much like German ancestry and they do a lot of stuff that's weird. So have you ever had those little like peanut butter cookies that have a little Hershey kiss pushed in the top of them? Yeah. Those are one of my favorites. Um, That's a staple. I would say if you had to give me a cookie, that's, that's probably the one. And then the like sugar cookies with lots of icing on top and sprinkles. Those are pretty legit. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm pretty basic, but yeah.
0: That the Hershey kiss I mean, man.
1: That's the one you put it in the microwave for like 10 seconds, just a little bit and then get your glass of milk and you're ready to rock. I don't dip them, but you just, yeah, I dude, I will sit down and eat 10 of those cookies. I'll see it. When I get those cookies, I
0: eat all the cookie around the chocolate kiss and then I gave the kiss to somebody else. What? I'm, not, I'm just not a big chocolate guy. I'm a cookie guy. I don't need, I don't need the chocolate kiss. I just need the
1: cookie. So why? But I guess, okay, so just to clarify, you're not making this cookie. You're saying if somebody gave you the cookie. Yeah, I'm not making okay. cookies. So, so I was like why wouldn't you just ditch the chocolate, you know, the Hershey kiss? Just yeah. make the cookie itself. Now The best one, is
0: like when you open up yeah, so my Nana used to always make those. And the best thing is when I open up the Tupperware and I find the one where that Hershey Kiss fell out, that was mine.
1: <laughs> what? That was the best. Oh, man. So I think... That's um, y- sad. That's, uh, that's weird. Well, I've not been called normal before,
0: so that makes sense. <laughs> uh, man, like so when I think of Christmas cookies, I think of my Nana and all the cookies that she made. She made so many good ones. I think like one of my favorites is like a ginger snap cookie and I want it to like, I want it to be spicy. It's got so much ginger in it. Um, I love ginger snap cookies. Um, I think they're called like spritz cookies. They're just simple little sugar cookies, but there's something about them. Like my mom used to make them and my nanny used to make them. I love those. Uh, Snickerdoodles are probably one of my just all time favorite cookies. So if there's, if anybody has, like if if there's a big cookie tray out and somebody has Snickerdoodles, I'm diving into those first probably. But I also love I can't I can't think of the actual name for them. Okay, so you can see the opposite here. Jared like eh, cookies and I'm like ooh cookies.
1: Um, <laughs> so we're we're diving into the cookie theory. I, I, I love here. cookies. This is what's the just, ones that
0: have like the jelly in them. kind of I'm gonna over. get my get
1: my notebook out.
0: Got to if anybody wants to send me a cookie tray um right i'm gonna actually type this out for you so what's the cookies that have like the jelly in them like they're they're kind of narrow and they fold over on top of the jelly that i never heard of uh, i guarantee you've seen them before but anyway somebody out there listening those i'm talking about i love those too so i love cookies especially christmas cookies just bring out the giant plate of cookies and i'm i'm happy I just need some coffee, maybe with some with a bourbon on the side or something.
1: I will say, I, know. I, I will happily admit that <clears throat> cookies with coffee are a good match.
0: Oh yeah, I can't really have dessert. Yeah, I can't really even have dessert without coffee. Got to, got to both. Break.
1: Hey, Break. Hey, so bad <laughs>
0: uh, well that's the last time I have to hear that for this year don't worry you'll hear it again
1: either you'll hear it again here or on the radio
0: <laughs> alright buddy well I um, hope you have an awesome Christmas tell your family I said say Merry Christmas and everybody listening have a very Merry Christmas if we don't talk to you next week have a Happy New Year I hope everybody has a
1: blessed this weekend yeah you you too man Merry Christmas to you and yours and everybody listening and stay tuned for more shenanigans bye everybody
0: bye everybody we love you
1: toodles